You are Locked On Jets, your daily podcast on the New York Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast. I'm your host, John B. from gangrenenation.com. It's Wednesday, October 24th, 2018, which makes it crossover Wednesday. Each Wednesday here on the Locked On Podcast Network, we do a show with that week's opponent. So joining us today is the host of Locked On Bears, Lauren Cox. He'll be here to chat about week eight between the New York Jets and the Chicago Bears. Let's jump right into our conversation with Lauren. We're here today with Lauren Cox of Locked On Bears as we get ready for week eight of the NFL season. By the time the game ends on Sunday, the Jets will be halfway through the 2018 season. Lauren, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. So let's start with the new coach the Bears have. What are early impressions on Matt Nagy? So it's been clear now through what it, six games for the Bears that the offensive system with Matt Nagy is working exactly how they would want it to. It's freeing up a lot of open receivers from Mitchell Trubisky downfield. It's you know it's throwing a lot of things at opposing defenses that they haven't been able to really necessarily keep up with with motion and, and different personnel packages and, and just a lot of different you know gimmicky plays in there as well to throw them for a loop. So. It's been exciting and, and innovative offense. It's been a, a refreshing brand of leadership just at the top overall. And, you know, there's now down to 3-3 three and three with two straight losses. Maybe things aren't as positive as Bears fans felt early in the season, but it's still a, a, a team trending in the right direction. Now, of course, the Bears have a young quarterback, uh, second-year Mitchell Trubisky. Seems like he's kind of had an up-and-down campaign so far, maybe a little down after a loss to the New England Patriots. Uh, what's his tr- career trajectory look like? It's int- it's it's hard to pin down at this point. You know, he's you know I think you can start. You know, you might hear some comparisons to maybe Blake Bortles, which that doesn't leave any Bears fan feeling very good, but. You know, then he can have a performance like he did against the Buccaneers with 350 yards and six touchdowns, and you you see those flashes of something special. But there's been a clear formula to slowing down this Bears offense and to really getting in Mitchell Trubisky's head. It's what the Packers did in Week 1. It's what the Dolphins started to do a couple weeks ago, and it's what the Patriots really did last Sunday. And that is sending a lot of pressure at the quarterback, blitzing him, quite a bit, sending a lot of guys up at the line of scrimmage, even when you're not always blitzing, you see defenses get in his head, and he starts rushing throws, his mechanic go, his mechanics go out the window, and even when Matt Nagy's system is leaving open receivers for him, he, he's missing open guys on the field. It can be really frustrating, plus you throw in some interceptions. You know, it's, it is it is simply frustrating, I think, for a lot of Bears fans, yet even in spite of that, you know, they still come in within seven points to the Patriots. A Hail Mary down at the one-yard line, just short of tying it at the last second. So even when their quarterback is struggling and missing open receivers, the defense and the rest of the offense has done enough to keep them in close games against good teams. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, and the reason I'm going to ask you is because it's a complaint I hear sometimes from Jets fans. You look at the 2017 draft, and... The Bears had a chance to draft Patrick Mahomes, and so did the Jets, and that's the, again, that's the reason I bring it up, because I hear this complaint from Jets fans. When you look at Trubisky's inconsistency so far, to what extent is there rumblings within this Bears fan base about how you know maybe they could have picked Mahomes instead? So certainly within the fan base, Bears fans are 
very, very defensive of Mitchell Trubisky. And they you won't find too many that are, you know, openly saying, ah, oh, we should have drafted Patrick Mahomes. I wish they had drafted Mahomes. I mean, the, the, the immediate response is always, well, Patrick Mahomes has been in that Chiefs system for a whole year. He got the whole year to sit in it and really get to know it, whereas Mitch is still learning it and still, you know, a, a more inexperienced quarterback overall. Everyone points to the 13 college starts he made at North Carolina, and now I think between last year and this year he's up to, I think, 18 NFL starts at this point in his career. So there is somewhat of an inexperienced excuse here that is – in, in some ways valid for some of Mitchell Trubisky's mistakes, whereas Patrick Mahomes has more experience in the system and just more experienced as a quarterback overall. But it, it's clear that Patrick Mahomes has something special as a quarterback, and I think when it's all said and done, he's, pre- he's pretty well going to look like the better quarterback choice. So let's talk about some of the playmakers the Bears have on offense. Uh, who, who are the guys the Jets fans should be lo- watching on Sunday? So you might look at the Bears receiving core and, and think number one, Allen Robinson. And yes, he is their number one wide receiver, but this is an offense from a passing standpoint that really does flow through, at least right now, the the running back Tariq Cohen. And, you know, throw in there that Allen Robinson is dealing with a groin injury that ultimately took him, he suffered it against the Dolphins, but played through it and then missed a little bit of practice last week, played through some of it against the Patriots, and then had to come out in that game. So they they ended up finishing the game without Allen Robinson, and that's kind of why it comes back to Tariq Cohen. I mean, he is a mismatch out of the backfield, and he's only five foot six, but he is arguably the most explosive player on the field every time he steps out on the field. They motion him around a lot. He doesn't get a ton of carries. He's, he's mostly just a pass-catching weapon, but he'll line up at receiver with Jordan Howard in the game, He'll be the the running the only running back, and he'll motion out to receiver for an empty set. They do a lot of different things with him. They move him around to create the mismatches against specific defenders in coverage that they want to isolate him with, and that's ultimately where you see Trubisky go quite a bit of the time. And then sprinkled on it, around that early on, it was it was Allen Robinson that got a lot of the targets. That was Trubisky's kind of go-to receiver of the bunch whereas Cohen was still kind of the engine that drove it. And then for a few games, it was the Taylor Gabriel experience with a lot of that speed working deep downfield. And then against the Patriots, they randomly started getting the tight end Trey Burton a lot more involved, and he had a career-high game. So it's always kind of Tariq Cohen and then somebody else, and, and it's, a, it's usually a two-man passing attack from a receiver standpoint. What's the caliber of this Bears offensive line? Well, it. It's been, I think, I would consider it a disappointment based on maybe where expectations were going into the season. I mean, again, sometimes it's hard to tell when defenses have been blitzing them. I mean, when they when other teams have sent the blitz, they have been effective at getting to Mitchell Trubisky and getting after the quarterback. And sometimes that's just a pure overloaded number standpoint. But when Trubisky has had that time to throw... Like in that Buccaneers game, he can explode for huge performances. So overall, from a pass protection standpoint, a a little bit disappointing. I I think a little worse on the right side with right tackle Bobby Massey as the clear weak weak link. But even right guard Kyle Long has had a pretty down season, especially in the last handful of games, really struggling. But the left side, Charles Leno, the left tackle, has kept the blind side pretty clean. The center, Cody Whitehair, has been solid all year. And then they're doing a rotation at left guard with Eric Cush, more of a veteran, and then their rookie second-round pick, James Daniels. They've been kind of alternating drives, and neither one has been bad, neither one has been excellent. So from a pass protection standpoint, overall, 
not terrible, but not at the level the Bears would like to see. And from a run-blocking standpoint, not nearly creating enough space for their running backs in the ground game. I, I think the run-blocking has been the biggest reason why Jordan Howard hasn't gotten going this season. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on the Jets at MetLife Stadium. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving our listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you Go to your favorite event. We're here on Crossover Wednesday on the Locked On Jets podcast. Week 8 of the NFL season, Jets and Bears, Sunday in Chicago. And with us today is Lauren Cox, the host of Locked On Bears. So, Lauren, let's talk about the Bears on the defensive side of the ball. And I have to start with Mr. Mack because I hear, another thing I hear from Jets fans all the time are, why didn't the Jets give up those picks? Why didn't they get Khalil Mack? So give us your early impressions on the new Bears superstar, Khalil Mack. So the Bears have gotten two different Khalil Macks this season. Through the first four games, he was arguably, I think, the front runner for defensive player of the year. He had, you know, I think four sacks over the four games and then four forced fumbles over the first four games. It was one of the, like, I think he's, he tied himself for the longest streak of consecutive games with a forced fumble and really just an unstoppable force rushing off that edge. But then against the Dolphins in that Miami Heat, he suffered an ankle injury and got it taped up real good on the sideline, came back in and was a shell of himself and could not affect the quarterback in any way, not really able to make as many plays in the running game, which honestly is probably, he's even better in run defense than pass rushing when he is 100% healthy. But comes out against the Patriots again last week and totally ineffective. Uh, I think he finished with one or two pressures by pro football focuses count and really just struggled to make plays in, in any area of the game. Uh, just doesn't look like he can get enough power off of that foot, can't get enough of that sort of angry rush that we used to see from Khalil Mack. So the Bears pass rush has been missing in action for the last two weeks, even though Khalil Mack's been out there quite a bit. He, he's no longer the same guy, and that ankle injury is not going to be healed before the Bears play the Jets. So you, we're expecting maybe a Mac who's not at 100% for this game? Oh, certainly. I mean, he, the, you know, the Bears coach said, yeah, we know he's not at 100%. They still feel like you know he's worth playing out there, and he's still, you know, he, he has a streak of not missing games, so he's going to go back out there. But I would be not nearly as concerned about Cleo Mack as you would have been two weeks ago. So talk about some Bears defenders who are maybe a little less heralded, who Jets fans you know may not know on a first-name basis to watch on Sunday. So the big one on the interior is Akeem Hicks, and Jets fans might remember him from when he played for the Patriots earlier in his career, but he's been with the Bears the last couple of years and is one of the lesser-known but better 
interior defensive lineman in the NFL, an incredibly underrated player. A lot of people thought he should have made the Pro Bowl last year, but got snubbed for it. He's phenomenal against the run, pretty consistent pass rusher. He he rushes more from that right side of the offensive line, kind of by where they like to have Khalil Mack both on that right side. But, you know, he he's kind of the guy in, in the running and passing game, at least in that front seven that's really been making plays. And then in the secondary, you know, it's a little bit more up and down there. But, you know, we've seen Kyle Fuller make a couple interceptions in the last couple weeks and put himself in position to make plays on the ball. One of their safeties, Eddie Jackson, second-year player out of Alabama, he looked really strong earlier in the season and a lot more aggressive when the pass rush has been there. But the last couple weeks, the whole secondary, as the pass rush has gone down, the the, uh, the, the playmaking has gone down behind them. So, you know, without a pass rush, it's the, the rest of the playmaking kind of falls apart. But if they have a pass rush, if they can get things going, it's... It's Kyle Fuller, it's Eddie Jackson, it's Akeem Hicks. There's, there's, there are playmakers to be there, but it, it for me, it, it all comes down to that pass rush. All right, Lauren, let me ask you to put on your offensive coordinator hat for a second. If you're game planning against this Bears defense, what are the relative weaknesses you're looking to exploit? So the last few weeks we've seen these linebackers struggle in, in run defense and properly identifying gaps and, and concepts. We've seen the Patriots and the Dolphins have a lot of success running, you know, different kind of like trap concepts to throw off the defense and, and fit, you know, so they're not exactly clear where the ball is going and blockers are moving in different directions than they expect. They've had trouble with sort of the more athletic scat back types with Kenyon Drake and uh, James White last week as well. But, you know, even Frank Gore at, at 32 years old or however old he is was, was able to get it going on them. So I, I think the Jets should stick to the running game. The Bears' strength in run defense is on the actual physical defensive linemen, but the linebackers have been more vulnerable in the last couple of weeks. So if you can if you can get some space to the second level and, and just keep those defensive linemen held down, then you're going to be fine in the running game. And then you work some play action off of it. You give your quarterback time to throw. There's going to be open space in this secondary. If you're attacking the Bears' coverages, they are a primarily single deep safety team. They run a lot of cover three, a lot of cover one. Can leave some vulnerabilities in the seams if you have time to throw. But we've we've seen teams just be able to go to the quick passes and, and try and make some plays after the catch. And there's going to be space there, especially in between the twenties. The, the Bears will let you move the ball, but if you can execute in the red zone like the Patriots did last week, then I, I think as an offense you're going to be okay. So Lauren, what's the state of the Bears' special teams unit? Well, through the first you know first five games of the season. Everything was just fine. It was uh, pretty good coverage on, on the kickoffs and the punts. And, you know, their punter's not a top-five punter, but he's not a bottom-ten punter either. Pat O'Donnell gets pretty good hang time and location and whatever. And, you know, the return game hadn't really done a ton. But with Tariq Cohen on the punt returns, there's there's always that opportunity for a big play to potentially be there. But then last week against the Patriots, they allow a kickoff return touchdown to Cordero Patterson on kind of a weird play where... Too many of the Bears' coverage defenders completely overran to the outside and just left a bunch of space in the middle of the field, and Patterson forces a missed tackle, and you know maybe there were a couple questionable blocks from a penalty standpoint that people want to nitpick, and, and all of a sudden he's gone for 95 yards. And then they also give up a blocked punt for a touchdown to the Patriots. It was really a 14-point swing there that a lot of people point to as the big difference in that loss. So all of a sudden the, the special teams are a little bit vulnerable, you know, the blocked punt was a, another kind of weird play where, you know, 
one player kind of trips another player in, in the middle of his block, kind of stepping back into it, and you know it, it trips the guy and allows Dante Hightower to come running through free. So it's it, it felt like kind of more weird, fluky type special teams against the Patriots, but otherwise they've been pretty solid. All right, and Lauren, I'll finish the show by putting you on the spots. And I'm not going to ask you for a prediction for the game because I have a feeling you'll pick the Bears, I'll pick the Jets. But tell me how you see this season ending for the Bears. Do you think this is a team that can contend for a Super Bowl? Do you see this as a playoff team, a team that maybe isn't quite there to make the playoffs yet? It's it's really, for me, going to depend on, on what happens with Khalil Mack and the rest of this defense. I think with Mitchell Trubisky... You know, this is certainly not a, a Super Bowl contending team just yet, but they were a playoff contending team for, you know, the majority of the start of the season. But really, as this pass rush has gone away, the ripple effect to, to the rest of the defense and then to the offense having to shoulder more of the load has really been a concern. I, I still feel like this is a team that will be competing for a playoff spot. You know, not going to, I don't think they're going to win the NFC North at this point even though there was some, some hope of that when everything was clicking. But I think this is a team that will be pushing for a wild card spot down the stretch. And if Khalil Mack can get healthy and the pass rush can get going again, maybe they can make a little bit of noise. But this is this has always kind of seemed like a team that was still a year away from, from true contention. And a lot of what they're going to do this year is just supposed to be a bonus on top of that. There's opportunity there ahead of them, but they've got some tough games on the schedule. They play in a very tough division. And ultimately, I think they're going to lose some games that – Maybe they should have won or, or could have won, like we've already seen this season now, down to 3-3. Three and three, And ultimately, they'll finish a little bit closer to 500 and, and right in the mix for a wild card spot. For all of the information you need on the Chicago Bears, you can listen to Lauren on Locked on Bears. Lauren, thank you for joining us today. Hey, I appreciate you having me on. That's all for today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you like the show, you can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. And please leave the show a good review on iTunes if you enjoy it. Hope you have a great Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.